Raise your hand. There'll be some guys walking down the aisle, and they can uh, uh, get you one. Uh, by way of announcement, a couple of things we have are quite a bit going on. Uh, congratulations to Dennis and Kathy Davenport on the birth of their grandson, Colton James. So congratulations. Uh, proud parents are Brian and Stephanie Rogers, and uh, of course they're way up here in the Northeast. So uh, I know Mama went and saw them this week, and uh, so that's great. Congratulations on that. Also congratulations to Dr. Drew Easterly. And uh, I was told to say, Drew, your mother did not make me do that. Someone else made me do that. So uh, I won't tell you who. So congratulations to Dr. Easterly there as he graduated from uh, chiropractic school over in uh, Texas this week as well. Uh, a few other things we have. Free golf fellowship. Free golf usually doesn't go together. Uh, but we have that this Tuesday, the 29th, 530 out at Calvert. Nine holes of golf. Uh, free hamburger fellowship for the golf. Still 15 spots available. Uh, if you need some more information on that, uh, contact Beverly. This is something that Calvert is doing for us and a few other churches as well. So if you want to go out there and uh, play some golf Friday, uh, Tuesday evening, that'd be great. Also, May 31st is the deadline for the 5K run to, uh, that's going to raise money to go uh, or mission trip to Central America. Uh, Pre-register uh, by the 31st. And so you can be guaranteed a T-shirt. Uh, Trey called me this week. It's very, very important that we get that in. Kind of a little slow on that this year. Uh, I know a lot of you participated last year. So you runners, go get online or talk to Trey and Anna. Also, starting May the 7th, Scott Caldwell uh, is going to be teaching an advanced Bible study class. Uh, Josh is finishing up First and Second Peter. And on May 7th, uh, he will, uh, Scott will start advanced study on the prophets. He's got a big table back there and a sign, so go see him about that. It'll be fantastic. Also, you notice that we have uh, the blood mobile is there, and we'll be here till 1 o'clock. So go get you a Coke, oatmeal cream pie, feel good about yourself, and uh, get a T-shirt. It'll be good to go. Give blood. Just a little stick, and it'll be great. Unless you're like some of my friends that pass out. We won't mention any names. The uh, sitting on the front row. So, uh... And I believe that is it. Um, I believe that's it, isn't it? Well, good deal. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to uh, pray and transition into talking about recognizing some of our seniors. Thank you so much, Father, for just a beautiful day that you've blessed us with. And thank you for a great place to be and for a room full of people that will raise their voices to you. And I pray, Father, as, as some of our kids share today, that, uh, that hearts are touched, that lives are changed. Uh, thank you for your grace for your gospel. Thank you that, for your love that you show it through your grace and your gospel. And, and I pray, Father, as we grow and as we mature in you on this earth, that we will reflect that in our life. It's through your son, Jesus, we offer this prayer. Amen. Today is a special day in the life of our graduating seniors and their families. For some, this may be your last child and you may be jumping for joy or you may be really crying. Uh, for some, this is your first one. Last year was my first one to graduate, and it was a weepy, it was a weepy day, uh, for sure. Some of them had uh, a senior chapel uh, the other day, and uh, one of the moms asked me yesterday, is it going to be like senior chapel? It probably won't be that bad, but uh, it is a special day uh, for you and your family uh, as, as we are graduating uh, a whole parcel of seniors there. In our culture, this is one of the few things that we actually do to celebrate, and we put ceremony and a lot of pageantry around it because it is a rite of passage 
to move into the next level of life. Uh, it's, it's a scary time for them. It's a scary time for all that, that are graduating, uh, sending their, their babies off like that. I'm honored not only to know um, uh, all of these uh, kids graduating, but also to, at some level with most of them, been a part of their life at some point along the way. And they have blessed me as they have blessed you as well. We have put together uh, a video uh, from pictures that parents have sent in. Uh, so kids, I can't promise you, I have not seen it, so I don't know. It might be the one last time your parents get to embarrass you in public uh, with this video, but uh, we're going to do that now.
I can see it in your eyes that you are restless. The time has come for you to leave. It's so hard to let you go, but in this life I know you have to be who you were made to be. As you step out on the road, I'll say a prayer. So that in my heart you always will be there. This is not goodbye. I know we'll meet again. So let your life begin, 'cause this is not goodbye. It's just I love you to take with you until you. Should you stay or turn around? Well, just remember that your dreams—they are a promise that you were made to change the world. So don't let fear stop you now, 'cause this is not goodbye. I know.
Mamas and daddies didn't have to get weepy because I was. I'd like to ask our graduating seniors and our elders if you would come on down. Uh, We have a little practical gift uh, for you. Um, We used to give books, but then I got to thinking you probably didn't read them. Um, So we'll give you a Walmart gift card because you'll make many runs to Walmart when you get set up for college here in the next couple of months. And y'all can go ahead and Miss Beverly, Miss Lori, and I want to say thanks to Lori uh, and uh, Krista uh, for putting that to get that video together. Did a great job. We're going to uh, have all our elders. They're here. Yeah. Um, Alan is going to say a prayer for you as I as I watch the video. And like I said, I hadn't seen it. Um, it is amazing uh, what an honor it is to watch you guys grow up and to just. I just kept, every picture I saw, I thought how at some point in our lives, how many people have intersected you and, and how you have been a blessing to that. So you are blessed and you have been a blessing, so please continue to do so. Now, let's pray for us. Let's pray together. Father, is uh, just watching those pictures and all those smiles and uh, all those memories. It certainly took me back to watching every one of these kids grow up here uh, into young adults. And um, part of that's uh, sadness, and then part of that, Father, is a, a great joy. Uh, sadness in that, uh, you know, youth days uh, go quickly. And it's uh, amazing to me uh, that we've seen uh, these young people grow up here as a part of our church family uh, through good times and bad. But it's also such a remarkable joy uh, to know, Father, that these lives will be lived for you, uh, to have the opportunity to do great things for your kingdom, also to uh, have their own families one day and continue the great legacy that you put forth in families that believe in you and follow you no matter what. Father, I pray for each and every life that's represented on this stage today. I ask, Father, first of all, for a hedge of protection around each heart that's here uh, to keep the evil one away uh, from the work that he does so well to try to pull them away from what they know in you to be right and true. I pray, Father, for a commitment to the gospel uh, for each life here. I pray, Father, for, uh, that you already are lining up the right school, the right education, the right uh, mate for them one day. And I pray, Father, that you will bless them beyond any ability that their parents could ask or imagine to have a wonderful, fulfilling life in you and to continue the great tradition and the great legacy of people of faith. I thank you, Father, for each life that's here, for the blessings that each one of these have brought to us. And as elders, we pray, Father, that you will watch over them in a special way and their families. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, it is Senior Sunday, and we do honor our seniors this morning, but I think, and the seniors will be the first to tell you, 
We're here to honor our God far beyond any of us. Our God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's what we do now as we lift up our voices and our hearts to Him. So let's stand together as we proclaim that Jesus is indeed our firm foundation. Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I know I can stand secure. Oh, Jesus, you're my firm foundation. I put my hope in your holy word. I put my hope in your holy word. I have a living hope. I have a living hope. And I have a future.
graduating senior or not, we as a church want the best for these young people as they go to their next phase of life. And we want and we desire for them to pursue God with all their heart, always. But you know what? That's not just for graduating seniors, is it? It's for all of us. And I hope that each and every one of us every day find ourselves in the Old, the Old Testament usage of the term, seeking God's face in everything that we do. And uh, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, as the psalmist would say. Let's, let's sing this together now and proclaim that that's indeed who we are and who we will be, graduating seniors and all the rest of us as well. As the share in the communion together. This, uh, this song we sing a lot 
prior to this particular time and for good reason. To say thank you is just, it just doesn't seem like enough sometimes, but we still do. And we thank you for the cross, this amazing act, the cross that is resurrection that rescues us. I love to say it, it, he rescues us from ourselves in the process. So let's sing Worthy is the Lamb before we share together. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the price you pay. Bearing all my sin and shame, in love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for the Thank you for the love, Lord. 
Please pray with me now. Father, we come before your throne, and we're just so humbled to be here before your presence inside of all the blessings that you've given us. And we thank you for the song we just sang, that, that you are worthy of everything that, that you've done. You're worthy of all the praise and all the glory that we've given you, Father. And I pray that you continue to allow us to, to show you that praise and that glory. And we just want to prepare our hearts and say thank you for the cross. Thank you for everything that you've given us, this, this body, this flesh. We thank you for everything you have done for us, that you came to this earth and that you died for us so that we have a chance in this crazy life to live for you, Father. We're so thankful that you came to this world and that you took on this flesh. And we can't say thank you enough for everything that you've done, for the cross where you poured out your love and your mercy. Uh, inside of everything, Father, please just give us your love and your strength to continue on and doing your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Uh, Lord, as we, as we come to you now, just help us to remember what you did for us that day, Lord, and just help us to uh, feel your love, and, and just as we take of this cup, just help us to remember that you gave it all for us, Lord. Jesus, let me pray. Amen. Spirit
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come to you now, and we just thank you for everything that you've done for us, for sending your Son, and uh, just wiping away our sins. And uh, Lord, in this time, just please let us give from our hearts that we can't give to repay you for what you did for us. Just please let us give with all we have, and uh, just let us keep loving you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Holy Lord, most holy Lord, you alone are worthy of my praise, O Holy Lord, most holy Lord, with all of my heart I sing, great are you,
These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant, Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trial, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, and the trumpet calls to lift your again and I hope you've been as inspired as I have because I can promise you the best is yet to come and I'm not talking about me. Uh, we've got three of our teenagers going to share with us in just a few minutes and uh, so I'm going to uh, go ahead and be turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. I'm going to set this up for them and uh, get out of the way so they can uh, so they can share with us as well. Um, again thank you so much for being here. I know we've got a lot of family uh, from out of town and, and uh, being here for, for this day and and you've been here to honor your, your, your children and your grandchildren. Uh, tonight, uh, as is our tradition, we always have uh, something going on uh, tonight uh, for honoring our seniors and their families. We've got a fish fry tonight uh, for our high school. 
uh, and then our, and our seniors and their families. Uh, that was originally announced to be at the Fort Berry's house out in Calhoun, but the projected weather is such we're, we're moving it to Camp Chioka. Uh, same time, uh, but a uh, different place. Five o'clock, uh, of course, our seniors and their families, that's complimentary. And now, now some of you don't, don't say, you know, I had a senior one time, and I know how it is when, a, when you say fish fry, you know, people come out, and Phil said one time years ago, he, he had about 40 people in his Bible class and said, hey, we're going to have a Bible class, and 250 people showed up. It was like fishes and the loaves and the fish that day. But it's, uh, so we'll be out at camp at 5 o'clock uh, with that for, um, uh, for, for that to honor them tonight. You ever, uh, you ever had those times when you've been told, you remind me you're acting just like you're, yeah, you just fill in the blank, your mom, your dad, you sound like, when you say that, you sound just like you're, and usually it's not, usually we don't respond with, well, thank you. You know, usually it's we respond with, I can't believe you just told me that. Because it's done in a context usually that we're not real happy. Um, your reactions, uh, I, I've heard that before um, with that. You, you sound like your mother, you look like this, you're acting like this. And we don't like to hear that sometimes because all of us at some level have a story that we, that's been written somewhere in us and on us that we try not to, to repeat sometimes. I know uh, in my family there's, there's, there was a history of, uh, of a lot of anger issues and there were some mental health problems and a lot of stuff going on. I really try not to, to replicate those things in my life, the anger stuff. Sometimes the voices go a little crazy though and you know it, we have to keep those where they need to be. But we all have been written, have, have, have had a story written in us that we're just like, you know, that's not the story I want to have for my life. That's not the narrative I want us to come to. And some days, for some of us, uh, probably for most of us, I guess, we spend a lot of our energy trying to not do that and really try to take the story that Jesus has given us. And that's where we are, and that's kind of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks and where we want to pick up today. Uh, We've been looking at, at Calvary, really. We've looked at three crosses. Trent started us off with, with, the, with the criminal on the cross that didn't make it. And, and, and really, that's not a story that in our world we like to hear. We like to hear everybody makes it. Oh, it's all good. But you know, there are, there are just some that don't make it. And it's not because God's not gracious. It's because God is just. And it's their choice. And we don't like those choices. And we don't like to talk about that or hear that. But that is the case at times and that guy you know almost wasn't wasn't enough and then the next guy that Mike talked about how to make a bad day great how in his most desperate situation in his most desperate times that Jesus was there and that's the message for all of us Jesus is not far Uh, he is right there with us we oftentimes in our mess in our situations where is Jesus in all this where are you God hey he's right there he's not far and then Phil last week with the cross of crosses the cross of Christ and his subsequent resurrection sharing it and preaching it and only like he can and how that cross saves us uh, from, from, from our life and in spite of ourselves it saves us and that's where I want to pick up here in Romans chapter 6 in fact where Phil almost just about ended last week I want to pick back up right there in Romans chapter 6 with a quick reading here. We're going to make two quick points and then we're going to have some of our kids come up uh, to share with us today. 
Chapter 6, verse 5. Flip, poke, turn, whatever you have to do to, to get there. Very familiar text. Verse 5. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been free from sin. Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ saves us from our sin. That is a true statement. That is a fact that it makes logical sense that G the cross of Jesus Christ saves us from our sins. Paul said it this way, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. First for the Jew and, gen and then for the Gentile. The same message that was preached 2,000 years ago, the fact that God became flesh, that he died on a cross to take care of that separation, that legal separation from us, that he was put in the tomb, that he came out of that tomb to take care of that, that, that uh, a hole in the ground is not our destiny. It went back to heaven, and, and sometimes I think traditionally we haven't done a whole lot of, uh, a lot of talking about what he's doing in heaven, but he, he poured out his Holy Spirit to be within us as children of God to mark us, and as, as Rubel Shelley said one time, it's not to make us jump out, but to help us walk straight in this world, to give us his holy people, his church, and thank goodness he did that. I mean, what is it to, to have a community of people like-minded that share one another they were oddballs in the first century because they didn't have that. And we're still oddballs today because of what we share together. But not only that, he is before the throne of God. Really, if you go and understand too, we are there too, being represented before them. That's his, our high priest. He went back to heaven to do that, and one of these days he's coming back. That is what we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ that saves us from not only the sin in this life, uh, but also gives us a, a, a hope for eternity and hope in this life. That is the power of God to save and change. And nothing else does it. The cross of Jesus Christ saves us from our sin. But it doesn't stop there. The cross of Jesus Christ shapes our life. Read with me here. Romans chapter 6, run on down to verse 11. In the same way, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and to offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. The cross of Jesus Christ is what shapes and forms our life. It's no longer the story that, that we're listening to and abiding by that we grew up with, whether it was one of shame, whether it was one of guilt, whether it was one of abuse, or whether it was one of, of whatever was written there as we grew up. It is one of, you are a child of the one true king, as the, as the song says. You are redeemed, you've been set free. 
It is one of righteousness. It is one of holiness. And that is the story that shapes us who we are. And it, it begins to just shape our lives. Now, it's not. I wish it went a whole lot faster than it does. But it, 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 it does it. It's, it's a slow process. And if, if you've heard me teach before, and I know all our kids have, sometimes it's, it's that Christian two-step. I mean, y'all have heard me say that before. It's one, two, three. And sometimes it's two steps back. But where are we at? How far are we ahead? We're one step ahead. And that's that growth. That's that continual progress and that shaping in our life. And that's what the cross of Christ does. It not only saves us, but it shapes us into him. The cross-shaped life. That's why people can look at our lives and say, wow, there's something different. She's doing this different. He acts this way different. Because our life is being shaped by the cross. The biblical word is sanctification. Cross shape's a little bit easier to say, isn't it? And we, and it's, it's, that's what we do. I've got a lot of children here. Um, well, not, they're not mine personally. I've just got three personally. But I felt like, you know, I was watching the video. I thought, man, that's just, I mean, how many times have they been to my house? And how many times, uh, just, just loving them. So I, I feel like you all are mine. But we've got three of many that could be up here seniors that have lived their lives in a cross-shaped fashion. Harley Moore is a senior um, graduating from West Monroe. Celia Fortenberry uh, graduating from OCS. Um, Harley's going to ULM. Celia's going to Harding. And Preston Watts is graduating from OCS and heading to LSU. And all three of these guys are going to take an aspect of what it is about the cross has shaped my past. It's formed and shaped my present and it's shaping my future. I'm going to pray for you guys uh, real quick, and then, uh, then it's yours. Our Father, uh, I stand next to this, uh, these two young ladies and this fine young man, and um, I'm just, I'm just deeply moved, I guess, from watching them grow. And, and, uh, and I know Celia just had a rough start even getting here. And uh, I know as they share, and, and they're going to do well using your word and, and how uh, you have shaped their life. And thank you for their courage. And I know it's a scary thing, getting in front of a whole, <laughs> it's, in front, it's scary getting in front of people you, don't, you, you know well, uh, and even in front of 1,400 people that you may not know that well. So I pray that you'll uh, give them what they need. Thank you for their preparation and help us to be attentive. We love you. Hello. <laughs> if you see me shaking, I'm, I'm good. I'm just a little nervous there. <laughs> when I get nervous, I, try, I usually talk fast, so I'll try to slow it down a bit. <laughs> um, uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Harley Moore. Uh, I love meeting new people. I love singing, as you can probably tell. <laughs> and I love helping out in any way that I can. Um, my mom has told me all the time that even when I was younger, I was always full of life, whether it be singing karaoke or dancing with mariachi bands. I don't know that story. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, my story is pretty normal, I think, compared to others that I've heard. Uh, I have a mom and a dad and an amazing brother. There you go, Dalton. My mom and dad have sacrificed a lot for my brother and I, and I love them even more for it. Um, although when I was younger, my dad gone 
to work traveling a lot and my mom juggling school and work, I helped raise Dalton. And one of my fears is actually that he'll end up like some of the men in my family, but I know I raised him better than that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, my parents and I haven't always had the best relationship. I often felt like I wasn't good enough or that I always disappointed them. Uh, at a young age, I was called to be more mature than others at my age. I was needed to be the comforter, the listener, the one to make everyone happy. Um, on many occasions, I would have friends, even family members, sometimes them being older than me, needing my help or coming to me with whatever they had holding in, no matter what the subject. Uh, middle school wasn't easy for me. I always hung out with the wrong crowd because I thought that they were my friends. Um, and although I never did anything bad, people were always calling me names, judging me, and spreading rumors, some even going as far as saying that I was pregnant. Uh, I thought to myself, why would people do that if it's not true? Um, then from there, I th started thinking, well, maybe I was an awful person. At one point, I was in a, an abusive relationship. It was mostly emotional, never got too physical, thank God, literally, <laughs> um, though damage was sufficient. He would tell me that I wasn't pretty, that no guy would ever want me, and I would always catch him looking at other girls and looking at bad pictures of girls. Sometimes he would tell me he would kill himself if I ever let him, if I ever left him. This just piled on to me thinking that I wasn't good enough and that I was nothing. I was never pretty in my eyes, not like the other girls. Um, I started getting depressed and wearing a mask. At the end of seventh grade year, I started coming to White's Ferry Road. I loved it here. Everyone truly loved anyone, and the youth group was phenomenal and actually wanted to know me. <laughs> one girl who is still one of my greatest friends and a Christian influence in my life, Cece, um, was just as weird as me and showed me what a true friend was. I eventually got my brother and my mom coming, and that summer I went to Camp Chioka. And um, one day we wrote down on a piece of paper uh, what we thought was keeping us from God. And we come in that night, and there's this big old wall of, like, everything that anybody wrote down. And this guy comes in dressed as Jesus, and he just looks very upset. And he, he just stares, and slow fade starts to play from Cast and Crowns. And... Uh, he just looks at us and he says, this is what's keeping you from me, this right here? And he gets upset and he just smashes the wall. And I remember thinking to myself, whoa, that was awesome. But, <laughs> and I just remember thinking, well, I need to, this, isn't, this needs to change. All this, I need to straighten up. I, if not for me, then at least for Dalton. Um, two years later, I was baptized June twenty second, 2010. I was on fire, although something was still holding, something I was still hiding. I was still stuck with thoughts of me being worth nothing. Well, last year during the high school retreat, I gave it all up to Christ. Um, and it feels so amazing. <laughs> um, after that, when camp came around, I didn't dwell on the past like I normally did. I had a perspective change. God opened my ears up to let me hear him say, I've washed you as white as snow. You no longer need to dwell in the past. Um, now you must further my kingdom by helping others know of my love and my mercy. I've never drank. I'm still pure. I've never done drugs, and I've never smoked. 
I thank God every day for that because even though I didn't know him, his Holy Spirit was in me, protecting me like it is today. So because I've never done those things, I never thought I'd share my story. Some people say they regret their past, but I don't. I feel bad about my decisions, yes, but the cross shaped it the cross shaped my past so that I could be the strong, confident, fearless, beautiful daughter of the king that I am today. God has a plan for everything and everyone. There's always a purpose and you only need to step back and be still. The cross of Christ has helped and aided me throughout my past and into my present. I grew up in a home with two wonderful parents who love God and love others and have taught my siblings and myself to do the same. I've gone to Christian schools throughout my entire education and I've grown up in the church. I have wonderful Christian friends who encourage me every day like Harley with her beautiful smile and her wonderful personality. Um, sleep in the pews, bathe in the baptistry, that's definitely me. All of this doesn't mean that I've never made a wrong decision, however. Everyone struggles with sin, and I'm not excluded. I've struggled with pride, vanity, worry, doubt, dishonesty, control, and slander. But the cross of Christ still covers me. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. And thank God, literally, that we do have redemption because I know that I myself am not a perfect person. I may have problems, but I have a God who is definitely bigger. Ecclesiastes 12, 1 and 2 says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you say, I find no pleasure in them, before the sun, the moon, and the stars grow dark, and the clouds return after the storm. When I read this verse many years ago, I stopped at, Remember the Creator in the days of your youth because I thought that the days of trouble would not come, because, after all, I'd grown up in the church and I was safe. Little did I know that is when I was being attacked the most. Our enemy is incredibly sneaky. First Peter 5 says that our enemy is like a prowling lion seeking for someone to devour, and in that moment, he took my pride and used it against me. I became extremely prideful, vain, and very dishonest. In my mind, those were the little sins, but I know now that all sin is, is equal. I read Revelation 21.8 last year, and it says, The cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and the liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. I had read that verse before, and I remembered the unbelievers, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the idolaters, and those who practice, practice magic arts, but when did they add liars? I had justified in my mind that, yes, I was lying, but at least I hadn't murdered someone. And that is a lie straight from Satan himself, and unfortunately, I believed it. I run that verse, and honestly, it scared the living daylights out of me. I asked God for forgiveness for all of the sins I had committed against him in my pride and in my vanity, and strength that he could bring me out of those horrible habits. Psalm 116, 5-9 says, The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. He protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, your, return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling, that I might walk before the Lord in the land of the living. 
See, the, never, the cross never goes away, and God is always with us, whether we think he is or not. In Bible Hour here at Whites Bay Road, we learned a song, and in it it goes, Joshua 1.9, Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As a four-year-old, I had no idea the weight that that carried. But now, with the anxiety of choosing colleges, choosing my major, and choosing my roommate, I remember, do not be terrified, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When I get upset about a test grade or a bad day or even a bad week, I remember, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We know that anyone who is born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know also that the Son of God does come and has given us understanding so, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. 1 John 5, 18-12 Through decisions made by my parents in raising me, through, decision, through Christ's decision to die for me despite my betrayal of him every day, and because of my decision to accept this love and mercy, the cross of Christ influences my present and even my future, and I have confidence in this cross. Thank you. going to begin with the cliche. When David asked me to do this, I was terrified. And when he asked me to talk about my future, I was even more terrified because I really just have no idea what I'm even going to do with the rest of my life. So with this uncertainty, I began to try to write a speech that was four or five minutes long, and I had to spend an entire day, and I went through several drafts, and I threw them all away. And instead, I tried to make it a little more personal. So I've decided to tell you about a problem I've been wrestling with for about the past year, just one of many. And the problem that I've been wrestling with is that I just have no idea where I was going to go to college, and, all my fr and I'm terrified of leaving all my friends behind who I've grown so close to, and I've just gotten such a good relationship with them through Christ. So I naturally just wanted to go where they wanted to go, but whenever I tried to visit these places that they were going to go to, I always felt like something was holding me back. I always felt like something was just, it just wasn't right there. It wasn't where God thought I should belong. So, but when I went to LSU, I felt the exact opposite. It was like a pull. It was like something was just telling me that I needed to be there for some reason. And, but one day when I was, and I, I was really bothered by this, but one day when I was talking to someone who's much smarter and wiser than I am, he mentioned that it might be the Spirit. And it was, it was like, he doesn't know how much this affected me at the time, but it just answered all my questions because I believed that he was right. And at first I was a little annoyed by this because I was just confused and I was annoyed with why God would want me to leave all my friends behind who I've grown so close to. But I've been reconciled to this because I realize that God has a purpose for me and he has a purpose for my friends because like me, I think the Spirit is also pulling them to where they need to go and they're going to fulfill their missions, and I think that I'm going to try to, and I'm going to do my best to fulfill mine. And I believe that mission, mission is to be an ambassador for Christ, and to show his love, and to share his cross to all that we come in contact with in our respective places. So I really just want you to pray for us, 
like you would any missionaries because I think that, that is what we're going to become. And I, think, and I want you to pray for us that for when we face temptation because we will and we're going to fall. And just like, just like Peter fell when he denied Christ three times, we would need to weep bitterly afterwards and realize what we've done wrong. And I want you to pray that we get back up after that and then also pray that we acquire boldness and that well, Christ gives us boldness to speak out just as Peter did later when the Sanhedrin had confronted him and the other apostles with speaking about Jesus in Acts 4. And they responded when they told them to stop. Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help, about speak, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And this is the type of boldness that I want us all to have, and I pray that we will. And this just enforces to me that the only thing to be certain about when it comes to our futures is that God has to be number one. Because we're going to make our plans. We're going to choose our majors. We're going to change our majors about 18 times. And then after we finally do graduate with our majors, we're probably going to choose a job that doesn't apply to what we studied at all. <laughs> and after we're done job hopping for a while, we're going to find something that we actually find fulfilling, hopefully, and we can do it for the rest of our lives, and we can serve our God doing it. And so this just enforces one more time that God has to be first, because God knows my future. He knows all of our futures, all of us who are going off. He is shaping them, and he is shaping us. And he has yet to give me a revelation of what is in store. So all that we can do as we go off is to trust in God and do not fear. And with that in mind, there's nothing left but to be excited for the opportunity to make a difference in the places God is sending us and the opportunity to serve our God in new ways that he shows us. And so to end, I'm just going to say what I think we need to do to make this happen in our lives. And it comes from Micah 6.8, as the Lord tells us what he requests. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? I'm a little weepy again. I don't know about y'all. I looked around and somebody, we didn't put any tissue on the front row. So, I, isn't that an awesome perspective to have at 17 and 18 years old? Look, that didn't happen a week ago when I said, Would you be willing to speak? What they shared has happened throughout their whole life, through whatever influences that, that shaped and guided but the main one was this I hope you heard was a cross shaped life and I love that perspective of, of I'm not letting my past uh, shape me I'm letting Christ shape, me, shape my past into what he wants me to be and I love it that, that where I am in my present even though I've got all this great opportunity it still needs to be shaped by the cross and then, Preston, just with boldness, wherever we go, 
we're going to be ambassadors. I think he's got his life. You've got more figured out. I mean, I really thought I was going to be a public relations guy uh, when I went to college the first time. And then I changed my major five times. Anyway, and then uh, <laughs> didn't even graduate from the college I started at. And, you know, six months later, Mike's like, why don't you go to school of preaching? I said, school of what? <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah, I mean, you've got it figured out. But I love how you ended. Whatever we do, we're going to do it and we're going to serve God. I love that perspective. That is a cross-shaped life. Our past is taken care of. Our future is, has purpose. Or excuse me, our, our present has purpose. And our future is secure. That's a pretty good plan. It's a pretty good offer. I don't know of a, a better offer that's out there. Uh, they're graduating. A lot of us have gone to school and a lot have done different things. And there's not a lot of certainty in a lot of it. But one thing is certain. As long as Jesus Christ stays out of that ground, and stays, in, and stays in heaven working for us, one of these days he's coming back. And that is a, a certain, a, a surety. That is a plan that you can have too. It don't, you don't have to be young. You don't have to be old. You can be anywhere in between. Remember, I'm too old to embrace this. I'm too young to embrace this. No, you embrace that cross and let it begin shaping your life no matter where you are. Jesus Christ died. He rose again. For us, And we're going to offer an invitation for you to come and embrace that or to rededicate yourself to that or to have prayers along those lines. Whatever it is, would you make your decision as we stand and sing? All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I bring.